Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Internet of Things with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in your company's future with totally new sources of information that will change the way you run your business. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, 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 Bonnie in the house. If you want to run with the game changers, you're in the right place because this is where the best run. We always say it. We always mean it. And welcome to Internet of Things with Game Changers. This is one of our very, very, very longest running series, and we're happy to be here. We have a very loyal global audience, and we hope you enjoy the conversation today. So let me start off with a buzz quote. I found this quote on businessinsider.com, just a short line, and then I'll tell you what we we really mean by it. The line is, APIs are the unsung heroes of the connected world. Now, what's she talking about? Cloud migration continues to accelerate with AWS's 1 million business customers in 2015. That was five years ago, growing to 2.6 million today. Google and Microsoft, not too far behind in market share. Well, now we're in the COVID-19 economic crisis, and it could accelerate this trend as companies that moved or many are moving their operations and infrastructure to the cloud. Wise move. And they are running efficiently, even when their employees can't go to a physical office and even when they can't access the servers that are housing their all-important data. Handwriting on the wall, every enterprise. We're talking to businesses, all of you around the world. My panelists are already nodding because they agree with us. I'm on Zoom and I can see them and you can, but this is good stuff. The companies around the world should harness cloud infrastructure and APIs. There's that word again, and we'll find out, to deliver new and innovative experiences. You might want to think about streamlining your employee onboarding. It's still important, no matter where people are working, all the way to delivering a digital app for your partners to jointly access key data. Come on, collaboration, cooperation, competition, you know that. Serving ecosystems in new ways internally and externally will give these companies, your company, whoever you are, a solid chance to endure. Isn't that the name of the game? You want to be around. Come on, don't be a statistic on the wrong side of the bar. We have today Mark Genie at Cloud Elements. We'll be introducing them in just a moment. Chris Aaron at SAP and Dr. I'm saying it once, Dr. Harsh Jagadeesan. He told me not to keep calling him doctor for their take on our topic today, Full Enterprise Integration Lynchpin, Open Connectors. That's a long title. I am Bonnie D. Graham. Happy to be here. Uh, we are live. It is August 18th. What can I tell you? I don't know where the year is going, but I hope it hurries up and keeps on going. So I want to welcome our panelists and Mark Genie. You are up first. Mark, please introduce yourself. Take about two minutes and tell us what you do, what's your background. And we also want to know, Mark, what is your passion for this topic? So welcome, Mark Genie. Yeah. Hi, Bonnie. Thanks for uh, having me on your show today. Looking forward to the conversation. But uh, yeah, so I'm a co-founder, CEO of uh, Cloud Elements. We're an API integration platform. And uh, I got a passion for this world of APIs just from the my history and software of connecting applications together. Back in my days at Oracle, we were trying to connect ERP systems to CRM or supply chain systems. We we're moving files around and and uh, you'd wait days to get information synchronized. Uh, my last company, uh, uh, Channel Insight, we collected data from thousands of uh, technology resellers throughout the world. And it was just at the advent of APIs just starting to come along. And we, got, we started trying them out, using them. But we also realized they were awesome for real-time integration of information. 
but they were a lot of work to deal with. And so um, that led me to founding a company with my other co-founders to uh, make it more productive for developers to uh, connect APIs together. So looking forward to the show today. Thank you, Mark. And I have a question for you briefly. I quoted Business Insider article that APIs are the unsung heroes of the connected world. Agree or disagree, Mark? Absolutely. They're, they're in the background, right? So if you go talk to your friends in the neighborhood, they may not know what an API is, right? And they may not know what that is. They know the applications because they use those applications, but they don't realize that even Spotify is being connected to their iPhone and, or to their car through APIs, for example, that that's what's giving them that connected experience in the world. Behind the scenes, the magic that makes things run. Thank you very much, Mark. Pleasure to have you on. Let's go to our second guest today, and we're going to be speaking with Chris Aaron. Chris, welcome. I want to tell everybody his last name is A-R-O-N, a little different than you might expect when you hear it if you want to find him. Chris Aaron, welcome, and please introduce yourself. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, hi, everybody. Nice to speak with you all. Um, so I work at SAP in our go-to-market team covering integration. So I get to meet with a lot of customers. Used to be in person, uh, not so much anymore. Um, previous to SAP, I was an API product manager at t So I know a lot about how to get data out of an enterprise organization. And as Mark was saying, how do you get the data into the hands of the people that need it? Uh, I hailed back from the UK 20 years ago. So... Listeners may hear a little bit of a twang, hear my accent going all over the place, but uh, it's all the same in, you know, Queen's English, so. <laughs> Tell me something, Chris. Uh, same question. Are APIs indeed the unsung heroes? What's your thought? Are they that important? Are they just here because they're here and we have to live with them and we want to live with them? What's your thought? Yeah, no, I mean, I think this has uh, been a challenge for companies for a long time, right, is, is how do you get data in the hands of the people that need it? And, mm -hmm. you know, there's been multiple runs at this over the last 10, 30 years. Um, so, yeah, I think APIs are critical. Um, companies around the world are using them, and, and their growth is only growing exponentially, right? You look at something like Twilio over the last 5, 10 years. I mean, their growth is an API-based business, and it's been through the roof faster than anything Amazon or Microsoft have done. Thank you very much. And let's move around to our third seat around the virtual table. I have a very smiling person named Harsh Jagadeesan. I'm going to spell your last name so people can find you. J-E-G-A-D-E-E-S-A-N. Mark, I'll come around to spelling your last name later, too, because we didn't do that. <laughs> Harsh, welcome to Game Changers. Happy to have you here. Harsh is sitting in front of a virtual background that looks like shooting stars and exploding planets, and there are all kinds of colors of the <laughs> rainbow, and I'm not sure what's happening, but he looks like he's sitting steadily, stably somewhere, and I'm happy that you're safe. Harsh, Harsh please introduce yourself and tell Thank us you. what you do. And what, is I, what do APIs mean to you? Harsh, welcome. Thank you so much for uh, having me here, Bonnie. My virtual background is the dark side of the moon. Um, that's where I come to you from today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have the privilege to lead the product management and strategy team for hybrid integration and APIs at SAP. Uh, the best part about my role and why I really love it is I have a ringside view to witness the digital transformation that's happening today across enterprises, across industries globally. 
And a lot of this digital transformation, the first building block for it is APIs, right? So APIs for me are like the Lego blocks. Uh, completely agree to what Mark and Chris were talking about. Uh, they are Lego blocks, and if you have them, you can really reimagine your business processes, your apps. You could uh, think about your business models and connect with your ecosystem so simply, right? So that's the advantage of APIs. They're at the back, but they are the most important thing in enterprise architecture today. Thank you very much. Harsh, we love your dark side of the moon. We didn't know where you were. And I, I'm so happy you're, you're safe and you're, you've come in. You've time traveled to be here with us. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, I've just gotten an education on APIs. Uh, they're here. We don't normally say, hey, I'm going to go in my car and I'm going to use an API. I'm going to connect my smartphone and I'm, I'm going to get on and get some nice entertainment here on a radio station wirelessly uh, th- through my phone, through whatever I've got. We don't think in those terms. We're just, it's just there and we rely on them. So thank you, the three of you. And Mark Jeannie, I'm going to go to your quote next. If you're new to the show, listeners, uh, this is the part of the show where I've asked my panelists to send me a quote from a book, a movie, a song that has absolutely nothing to do with the topic. And they're going to creatively, philosophically, maybe even poetically relate the quote to the topic. But Mark (laughs) Jeannie spells his last name G-E-E-N-E. I had to learn. Mark, I've been practicing that for a week since I met you on our prep. Call. And I want you to know I memorized your last name. No R. <laughs> I, that's right. That's right. I thought it was green. Yes, it's Jeannie, G-E-N-E. So thank you. Marcus sent us a quote from R-E-M, and the song is, It's the End of the World as We Know It. And the sub after that is, and I feel fine. It's a song by American rock band R-E-M from their 1987 album, Document, released as a single in November 87, reached number 69 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, more information than you wanted to know, and number 39 on the U.K. singles chart on its re-release in December 91. And just so everybody knows, if you don't remember them, R-E-M, that's R period, E period, M period, was an American rock band from Athens, Georgia, Georgia, formed in 1980 by drummer Bill Berry, blah, blah, blah. They were one of the first alternative rock bands and considered a pioneer of the genre. They only sold only sold 90 million albums. We used to have something called Albums Worldwide, and they became one of the world's best-selling music artists. So there, here's the line right from the song, It's the End of the World as We Know It, and I Feel Fine. That's great. It starts with an earthquake, birds and snakes, an aeroplane, and Lenny Bruce is not afraid. I have no idea how I did on that one, Mark. So, Mark, what in the <laughs> world does awesome. this have to do? <laughs> Thank you. What does this have to do with APIs? Help me out here. Go ahead. I, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to fully connect it back to APIs, but I think uh, <laughs> it's more about uh, here's a song from 30 years ago that's now at the top of the the playlists and and uh, made a popularity comeback based on everything that's going on in our world and, and how things are changing. And I just I love songs that on the surface aren't what they seem. And, you know, if you dig deeper, it's really not about the world ending. The song's born out of actually Michael Stipe, the lead singer, uh, watching the evening news and just these staccato, making these staccato like references to everything going on, right? Uh, Starts with an earthquake, birds, planes, everything else, right? And the song is about that, you know, that anxiety being born from that. But um, I don't know, it just, uh, it's interesting as we look at everything going on in our world, not making mm-hmm. this political, but um, yeah, it ends with a message that it's the end of the world as we know it, um, and, uh, but as, as we know it, right? Things are going to change. 
uh, things are changing. And uh, just like in the world of technology, things are always changing. So the world we knew of technology back a couple of years ago isn't the same. And we don't need to get anxious about it, but we need to embrace how we can uh, help that change happen and make it better in the future. So. Thank you, Mark. Great words of wisdom. And and it's true. There is so much tech that everyday people, I consider myself an everyday person, not a tech specialist, although I know a lot. Um, it's here. It's it's part of our lives. We count on it. As I said, you get in your car, you want a connection to your phone. You, you're, I, I talk to Alexa. I ask her how she is. I ask her for the weather every morning. Um, I, I, I ask her uh, to remind. I learned the other day I can ask her to remind me of things. I had to write a check for a membership, and I lost the email. And I said, Alexa, remind me at 10 p.m. tonight to write. And she did. The little ding, ding, ding came on, and she remind. I didn't know I could use her for reminders. The heck with reminders on the phone, right, and texting myself. I just ask Alexa. So the things that we now count on as part of our quote unquote modern lifestyle, especially since we're so physically disconnected, right? Socially distanced, connected, different ways than we're used to. So it's there. Thank you, Mark. We really appreciate that quote. Mark had a much more serious quote and he changed it. He said, I want something a lot more fun. Speaking of fun, Chris Aaron has sent us a quote from the life of Brian. Let me read a little background. Monty Python's Life of Brian, also known as Life of Brian. 1979 British comedy film starring and written by the comedy group Monty Python, which was Graham Chapman, John Cleese, Terry Gilliam, Eric Idle, Terry Jones, and Michael Palin, and directed by Jones. The film tells the story of Brian Cohen, played by Chapman, a young Jewish man born on the same day as and next door to Jesus Christ and subsequently mistaken for the Messiah. Here's the quote. You're all going to love this one. Always look on the bright side of life. Chris Aaron, where'd you find this one? It's a good one. Yes, I mentioned my British heritage. Monty Python is uh, part of the establishment there growing up. And, um, you know, it was one of the first movies I saw that was very irreverent to the establishment, you know, covers politics, religion. And uh, I just thought it was very appropriate for, for this, this day and age, right? Um, the news is bleak. The, the day-to-day existence is a bit of a grind right now. Um, but I think it's, a, it's an opportunity. And you said tie it back to APIs. So, you know, because people are working remotely, because people aren't working face-to-face, there's this need for a, a connected enterprise connected business landscape and so if, if companies haven't put both arms around an api program now is the time to do that um, i think a lot of executives want to know how they can grow in this environment how can they economically do better and integration can be a good platform for achieving some of these goals of a seamless connected experience like you mentioned bonnie with getting in your car, how easy that is, or talking to Alexa. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the consumerization of IT, right? So mm-hmm. that's that's really what um, Look on the Bright Side of Life is about, is looking for the opportunity mm-hmm. and moving mm-hmm. forward when everybody else may be running away. Thank you. That was very poetic of you at the end, Chris. I appreciate that. And you're <laughs> absolutely right. And there is a bright side. And, and those who want to eschew technology or hide from it, you really can't anymore. I know in Europe, there's something called the right to be forgotten. 
I think that horse has gone out of the barn door a long time ago, whether we like it or not. So I'm not going to get into politics here. We know Harsh, you're up next. And Harsh has sent us a quote from Bob Marley. Who doesn't love Bob Marley? I'll just give a little background there. It might be, Harsh, do you think there's 0.5 people in the entire world who don't know who Bob Marley is? Should I tell them who he is, Harsh, you think? Yes, you should. Okay, thank I'm you. I'm so surprised <laughs> there are people Waiting. who don't know who Bob Marley is. <laughs> I'm just guessing there could be a two-year-old who's listening because their dad is in his office and they're crawling. And I don't know what they do it to. Robert Bob Nesta Marley, 1945 to 1981. Boy, he's been gone a long time. Was a Jamaican singer, songwriter, and musician considered a pioneer of reggae. His musical career was marked by fusing elements of reggae, ska, and rock steady. I didn't know there was a rock steady. I know it was a song rock steady, as well as his distinctive vocal and songwriting style. His contributions to music increased the visibility of Jamaican music worldwide. He was known as a Rastafari icon and a global symbol of Jamaican music and culture and identity. And I know his music is very, very popular, especially you know it's going to be all right the three little birds yes my band recently played that here's the quote harsh has selected from the wonderful quotable lines of bob marley love the life you live live the life you love i think we should all just hold hands and i don't know this is just a lovely harsh how did you pick this one <laughs> go ahead well I, I spend a lot of my days listening to bob marley right and this is a quote that really left a deep impression in me love the life you live and live the life you love um and it's all about simplifying and decluttering people's lives uh, I mean, Mary condoing people's lives and um, integration and APIs remove the friction and getting things done. Um, it really um, puts apps uh, um, in people's hands that um, that are basically banks. They don't have to stand in queues to get something done. Uh, it's actually a movie theater right in their uh, mobile phone, right? Uh, they can listen to music. It's all about getting things connected and having a frictionless experience. So you have the best part of your life to uh, live it the way you like, right? So that's the whole idea of technology, empowering people to get things done uh, without having to sweat. Thank you very much. And now, thank you, gentlemen. Really appreciate your quotes and quotes that make us smile and make us think a little bit about culture separate from all the tech we're talking about are appreciated. So now's the part of the show where we're going to do a deep dive into, <clears throat> excuse me, the roundtable, serious roundtable discussion, although they might say something funny once in a while. I'm just preparing the audience. They're already laughing. I told I told these gentlemen that when we started, met 15 minutes before the show, I'm the green room warm-up comedian. I just want to make everybody comfortable and, and you're all a wonderful. <laughs> panel. Everybody's happy to be here, and thank you for that. Mark Genie has sent me the following statement. Each of the panelists has sent me three or four statements. We're going to pick at least one from each. I will ask them to unpack it. I'll read a little bit. This is serious stuff now. Mark will start, and then I will invite Chris and Harsh to comment, and I'll ask them to agree or disagree with what Mark said. Nobody's going to throw chairs. This is not Jerry Springer with Game Changers, yeah. so they're <laughs> going to be nice about it, but sometimes there is a, a disagreement, and it adds real thought leadership value value to the conversation. So don't be shy, gentlemen. Here's what Mark told me before the show. He says, Garner, est Gartner estimates that the average enterprise uses more than 1,000 applications to run their business. At this scale, 
the challenge of physically connecting applications on a point-to-point business basis becomes overwhelming. Mark, I'm going to stop there and let you finish and unpack this for This is really interesting. So talk to me. Is this, is this a wonderful thing, these thousand? Is it a challenge? Where are we going with this? Mark Genie? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, thousands of applications is a challenge uh, to, to start with, right? So you have these the world now of uh, how businesses are run are these massive application ecosystems, right? So Gartner estimating over a thousand for a typical enterprise. Then they have the applications that their customers and partners use that their customers want them to connect to, right? They don't want to move files. They don't want to have to physically move information. So the scale at which APIs have and applications have proliferated, it's like wildfire. And now the challenge for organizations is how do I harness all that together? And it's really opening up a look at new approaches, right? The traditional approach has been physical point-to-point integration. But, you know, part of what, you know, what we believe and we've seen in all parts of technology is when the physical world gets too complex, you've got too many servers, you create a virtual representation and then you integrate Uh, or you manage the virtual representation. Well, the same opportunity is going to exist for the world of um, integrating applications together is you can't just deal with the physical representation, but bringing a virtualized approach uh, can simplify. And what I mean by that is companies being able to look and say, hey, what's my standard product object? And, uh, you know, or what's my standard customer object? And how do I connect things to that? versus connecting thousands of applications together and creating this hairball of connections. We used to call it spaghetti code, I think, back in the day when I was, <laughs> yes. I was coding. I would inherit programs that had been touched by so many people you couldn't find the beginning and the end. Chris Aaron, everybody's nodding. Chris Aaron, join us, please. What do you think? Agree or disagree? Yeah, no, I, I agree. There's no putting the genie back in the box, right? That's what they say. Or the genie back in the lamp. The bottle, the bottle. <laughs> the bottle. <laughs> Mixing my metaphors, yeah. I love it. <laughs> but, Is that um, genie yeah. G-E-E-N-E? Yeah, yeah, there you go, the Mark genie. <laughs> so, but yeah, the the customers out there, the companies, right, they're, they're, they're getting more and more heterogeneous, right? The, the direction... Gartner is saying a thousand now, it could be 2000, 10 years from now, right? Like that is the direction things are going. And as we mentioned, companies have got to be agile, nimble, all the buzzwords you can think of, right? And so this this underlying landscape of complexity is, dare I say, only going to get worse. Um, And so you've got to have a strategy around how you manage that. Thank you very much. Harsh, join us. Thoughts? Uh, Absolutely. I mean, uh, if you look at IT landscapes today, they're characterized uh, by a huge number of applications, right? And this applications, like you said, is growing 20% every year. Um, And these applications are also heterogeneous. They may not come from one vendor, right? Uh, They're going to be really heterogeneous. And the third thing is they're going to be hybrid. They're going to be across multiple cloud environments. So it's all about huge heterogeneous and hybrid landscapes. And um, the challenge for every business is to hide that complexity and still offer a much beautiful experience for their customers, employees, and partners, right? So how do you hide that complexity and offer these beautiful, you know, frictionless experiences? And the way to do that is APIs, which act as the hinge between this complexity and then on the other side, expose simplicity for um, your end users, right? 
So I absolutely agree. And this is something that we see everywhere in enterprises globally. Thank you very much. Mark Jeannie, anything you want to say to them before I move on to a statement from Chris? Good conversation. Mark, thoughts? Yeah, no, I think it was, uh, it was points right on. I just as Harsh mentioned that, that APIs is being that glue across this ecosystem, right? It's the only hope for enterprises to be able to normalize and run their businesses in any consistent manner is to use those backbone, as you mentioned, that unsung heroes uh, to, to connect everything together. So, Thank you very thanks. much. Good first round around the round table. Let's go to round two. I'm looking at statement number two from Chris Aaron. Chris, I like this one. I think it's a good place to take the conversation. You say business use, first of all, integration is the first stop on the journey, not the ultimate destination. Let me just read a little more. Business users expect the same experience they get as consumers. Business users expect intuitive, engaging applications that provide real-time access to information and the ability to make seamless changes on the fly. And I'm just going to say amen to that. Yes, yes, business users do. Chris, you want to expand this for us, please? Yeah, so um, I think uh, companies out there, like we mentioned, they're, they're dealing with this complexity, right? And, and what you're bringing in there is the aspect of the, the stakeholders, right? It could be the mm -hmm. executive leadership. It could be the end customers. It could be partners, suppliers, right? That there's this sort of growing audience of stakeholders as well. There's governments as well. There's all, all kinds of different audiences, right? And so not only are the data sources getting more diverse, but the, the audience is, is growing with different expectations, different needs. And so IT is, is in, in the middle here um, where let's, let's be candid, right? It's viewed as a cost center. Mm -hmm. And in this pandemic, there's a lot of pressure to keep costs low. Um, so how, how does the IT team deal with this paradox where you know they're dealing with more complexity, there's mm -hmm. growing demands on them from a stakeholder perspective, and they've got to do it you know, on a budget. So I, I think the, there's a need for best practices right now. You know, there's, there's a need for a methodology around this, right? We've been talking about the technology so far, but I think really what's going to make a difference for companies is, is having a plan, having a strategy, uh, and, and consciously putting a plan of action in place to, to achieve the, the end goal, right? Knowing where you want to get to and, and how are you going to get there. Thank you very much. I have a quick question for you, Chris, while I have you before we go around the table. Are there such a thing, is there a job description as API expert? Is there somebody who sits with an API on the front and the back of their sweatshirt instead of uh, coming from the dark side of the moon, Harsh might have API central? Is this something people like we know <laughs> data scientist is a new job description these days, right? So is there such a thing as, uh, okay, we're going to go to Bob. He's sitting in the corner there and Bob is our API and he can crank this stuff out. And in 25 minutes or 25 hours, Bob will have this great new API. Is this a specialty Chris first, and then we'll make this part of, of the round table right now. Go ahead, Chris. What do you think? Yeah, it's a question, a great question, and you could go many ways with this. Um, I think different companies approach APIs in different ways. Uh, we certainly see some companies put it in the domain of the chief innovation officer, and they you know, uh, look at it as an innovation engine. Uh, but there are also other companies that realize APIs are critical to their business, to IT. And so IT 
we'll have what we call an integration center of excellence that will include APIs. Uh, and then, you know, there are other, other areas that APIs could be used. So, so the API developer is definitely a known term, but mm -hmm. it could mean different things to different companies. Thank you. Very interesting. Let's go around the table. Harsh, you're sitting next, whether you knew it or not, you're sitting next to Chris on the virtual roundtable. We're on a block of four screens here on Zoom. So, uh, Harsh, what do you think about the, the concept of integration as the first stop, not the destination, and about Bob? I'm sorry, anybody out there in the listening audience named Bob, I didn't mean to pick on you, but if you happen to be an API developer, we thank you. So, Harsh, <laughs> what do you think? Well, there is, um, on the other side of it, there is a lot of hype around APIs and, you know, integration. Uh, but the most important thing to realize is they're just a starting point uh, to be able to build innovative applications, to be able to do analytics and insights, to apply AI, machine learning, to do innovative business models, right? So they are a starting point. And sometimes uh, people think that now I've done an API and my job's done. That's not really true. It's the starting first step of a journey, right, towards uh, larger innovation. And that's how, uh, I mean, if you look at it from that perspective, then uh, you can really think about it as a stepping stone towards digital transformation rather than a destination on its own. Thank you very much. Mark Genie, what do you think? Yeah, and they, you know, I think as uh, Harsh and Chris mentioned as well, the, you know, it's so easy to get APIs, get into the focus on developers and the technical aspects, but stepping back, it is about the business outcome you're accomplishing with that API. Mm -hmm. and, um, and what's cool about it, APIs have become their own business as well within companies, right? So it's not just about, oh, I'm an API developer but there are roles like API evangelist, um, mm -hmm. evangelizing the use of APIs for to solve different problems, right? To make the, the life of companies uh, easier. Um, but also within, within, a, within businesses, you find the, um, the API teams trying to help lines of business solve their supply chain problems, right? Because everybody wants to buy the best of breed application they want, right? To solve a problem, a business, you know, somebody in the marketing department wants to go buy that shiny new application. And then what the IT team is, can do is help them in, integrate that into the business, right? Make that new application they want become a seamless part of the organization and the business to make things smoothly work together versus that just being a new silo of data. Mm -hmm. So, um, but it's that end result, as Chris mentioned, right? It's the outcome uh, for the business that really matters. Thank you. Chris, anything you want to add to this before I move on? No, no, no. I think, I think Mark and Hush really, you know, put nice end points on my point. Okay, good. Harsh, I'm looking at your statement number one. This is interesting. Harsh sent me a math equation. The equation is one plus one is greater than infinity. He says this is the new equation for integration by connecting systems. Applications with each enterprise can unearth infinite opportunities. Imagine if retailers knew in real time what their customers are looking for across channels. Understand how they can fulfill those requirements and deliver the best experiences. They can win those customers for life. 
wouldn't that be great? Harsh, talk to me about this math equation. One plus one is greater than infinity. We like, we like math. I was on the math team in junior high school. <laughs> we traveled from, uh, I think it was, was it junior high? I think we traveled to different, I was in uh, the New York City school system in Queens and we traveled to different schools and they put us in a room and you were isolated and you got a, a problem on a piece of paper and you had X number of minutes to solve it and submit it. And, and it, it, was, it was really, really fun, but it made your brain hurt sometimes because the problems were so obtuse, but I ended up solving a lot of them. So let's do this math equation with Harsh Jagadeesan. Go mm-hmm. ahead, Harsh, please. Um, one plus one greater than infinity is very hard to solve, solve with mathematics, right? But you can actually really see how this manifests in enterprises today, where enterprises that have been able to connect the different silos and the different applications towards real large value streams, like lead to cash, recruit to retire, um, kind of value streams have been able to really offer the best experience to their consumers, right? Uh, Typically, I mean, like Mark and Chris was talking about the number of applications are high, there is a lot of heterogeneity in the landscape. And if you are able to connect these systems in a very methodical way, in a repeatable way, then the kind of possibilities that you can unearth is phenomenal. Um, I was actually on a flight uh, back from Houston and I was um, you know, meeting a gentleman who was sitting next to me and he was uh, running the oil rig operations for a mid, uh, mid-sized upstream company, right? And he was talking about how he could make the best decisions on how much oil to produce that day, how much crude to produce that day if he's able to connect his upstream systems with his uh, you know, market prediction systems which actually tell him what's going to be the price of oil and what's the real, uh, you know, uh, demand in his demand chain, right? So he can actually uh, combine supply with demand and be able to do the best possible thing at his specific job. That's the beauty when you connect things together, right? And I talked about retail as an example, um, hospital and healthcare systems. If uh, healthcare systems can actually know what your preconditions are, right? And um, Mm. what you've gone through so far and your case history, uh, then people can make the best decisions as part of that value stream. And that's why for me, one plus one is greater than infinity and uh, integration across different systems can uh, uh, you know, help you achieve that impossible math equation. I thank you very much. My brain feels better now. Mark Cheney, please join us in our math segment on international. Yes. Uh, first of all, after uh, multiple years of calculus at school, I, 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 I'm impressed by that equation, Harsh. That is, that is awesome. And it's, uh, it's so true. The, um, you know, you just, you know, think about, um, you know, what's happening in the financial services industry, for example, how, um, you know, the, there was so much investment in the consumer side of financial services, and we've seen the benefit of that, right? You don't have to walk into a bank to accomplish anything you want to do any longer. But on the business side, you know, we've, we've just seen so many uh, so many companies looking at how they can um, change the experience for finance teams to improve their cash positions, to buy real-time information by integrating account accounting systems of businesses into the, um, the, the, the banking systems and be able to reduce the amount of cash they have to have on hand and therefore um, operate more efficiently and profitably by connecting, right? That's just one example of these myriad of experiences by bringing 
uh, applications together seamlessly, I, I agree. It's an infinite set of possibilities that, you know, we will be looking down the road for years to come of, wow, how did I ever live before those things were integrated together and before they ever worked together? And there's probably a song with that lyric in it somewhere, Mark, that we don't know about yet. Chris Aaron, join us. What do you think about our equation? Where do you sit on that one? Chris? Yeah, I love it. I mean, um, just it makes me want to say so many things. I think one plus one to me means, you know, that as we mentioned, that the, the customer landscape is getting really complicated. And so they've got to look at multipliers, right? So one plus one equals infinity to me means that you're, uh, if you're an enterprise out there now, once, once you've got that integration in place between systems, you can leverage it multiple ways. And so if I, if I may, I'll go back to my AT&T existence, you know, mm -hmm. six plus years ago, you know, we were basically sharing location information outside of AT&T and we would be working with AAA, a roadside assistance provider to share location information. We'd also be working with FedEx to share information of trucks. And we'd also be working with, say, Visa and MasterCard around location data of credit card information. Mm -hmm. So there's an example of, you know, you've built one integration, you're facilitating the sharing of data, and you're able to monetize it multiple ways. And so to me, to all the listeners out there, once you've got that API in place, or you've got that integration platform, one plus one equals infinity because your use cases are unlimited, right? Once you've got that platform in place, you can do five, six different things. And as we said, it's it's not the destination, it's the journey. And so the mm. journey can be wherever you want to go. Mm. Um, and APIs give you that platform to, to you know, achieve all your objectives. Very optimistic. Harsh, anything you want to say? This was your topic. What do you think? We look yeah, good? Absolutely. Mark and Chris had some great examples, right, um, on the possibilities when you connect two systems together, right, and the outcomes that it can have. So do not forget this equation to all the listeners. One plus one is greater than infinity. Think about integration. Think about APIs. Think, think about connecting things together. Thank you. Good topic. I can't believe we have time to start a second round around the table on statements. This rarely happens. So thank you, gentlemen. Very, <laughs> a lot of good content and very efficient commentary. So Mark Genie, I'm looking at your statement number four, which I think is very, very cool. You say, if you believe cool new applications are going to continue to be published and that new API services are going to continue to prolifer proliferate across every industry, then your platform needs to embrace this expansion of your application ecosystem, not resist it. Ooh, is this a prophecy? Is this a, <laughs> is this a prediction? We're not at the predictions <laughs> round yet. Yeah. Mark, why don't you unpack this and we'll go around the table. What do you think, Martini? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I'm not making a prediction yet, but it's a, <laughs> it's a reality that this isn't slowing down, right? There's an exponential growth curve in the number of APIs being published. Um, we know there, if, there's a continuation of every industry just being fragmented, right? I, I recently looked at in the, in the financial services in, industry, there are over 10,000 fintechs that have been funded over the last five years. Mm -hmm. 10,000 companies. So they're all building a new application. Each of those applications have dozens of APIs to hundreds of APIs. Um, and so that challenge of just thinking forward of how do I deal with this 
exponential growth that's not going to slow down, right? Um, the you know, if you look at that Marcom stack in uh, in Martech, it's uh, ten thousand plus applications and growing as well, right? And and so that um, the tooling required and the approaches to be able to make these applications work together seamlessly is going to be one of the next challenges in in technology. And it's not just about how we're doing it today, but it's uh, for enterprises to look and say, how do I bring integration together at the enterprise view to create um, not only the, not only to integrate things together, but make it easier, uh, publish them as APIs, almost meta, right? So use APIs, uh, create APIs that connect things together and then make those APIs available to my developers uh, across the organization to make it easier to uh, access product data, customer data, whatever it might be. So um, that's, that's, I think, just forward-looking of part of the challenge that we're going to see at more and more, more businesses. Thank you. Interesting. Chris Aaron is nodding. Remember to our listeners, I can see them and you can't. And it's uh, wonderful because I say you used to have to listen for the cues on the phone when somebody would slow down their speech or end with what I thought was the end of a sentence. And I would try to wait for about two seconds of dead air before I brought. And now I can see them nodding. And sometimes I get panelists who actually raise their hand. Call me next. Call me next. Chris Aaron, <laughs> talk to me. What do you think about what Mark Genie just said? Chris? Yeah, just um, again, it just triggered uh, a lot of thoughts, um, things that we're, we're grappling with at the moment, right? So I mentioned the chief integration officer a few minutes ago. That role sort of came to the fore five years, 10 years ago. Um, chief data officer is, is a term that didn't exist, you know, five years ago, but has, has uh, grown some substance in the market. Um, and we, we wonder if the next role is going to be the chief integration officer, right? That you've got, the, you've still got the chief in, innovation officer, the CIO, the chief data officer, right? But does integration become so important, so complicated in its own right, that you need somebody to be focused on it and what the benefits are to the business? And so I think, you know, whether it's a chief integration officer or not, Maybe it's under the chief data officer realm of responsibility, but you know every company is becoming a software company, right? You've heard that before, right? Yes. That every technology is becoming more and more important, and so basically what we're saying is you need somebody that owns the data strategy and can understand the tactics of it. Um, and as Mark said, the trends of it getting more and more complicated over time, and your competitors are getting more digital over time. And so it becomes um, necessary to your survival that you have a, a team in place that, that can own this and be successful. In a way, social distancing is a, a benefit right now, Chris, because we have so many CIO people around that C-suite table, right? The boardroom table or whatever you want to call it. We have, it sounds like the chief, originally CIO was chief information officer. Then we have chief innovation officer. Then we have chief integration officer. We might one day have a chief intelligence officer. We might have one day have a chief um, 
I can't think of any other good I words to do it, but it's getting crowded in that section. So we might have a CI1O, CI2O, CI3O, and have all the people in line. Anyway, I'm going on and on. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> what we've done is you've got the CIO, and then you've got the CINO, who's the innovation officer, and then the CINTO is the integration officer. So. Anyway, we'll see if it takes hold or not. <laughs> thank you well, very much for bailing me out on this one. Harsh, join us. What do you think about all these people? All the, What about the, all these cool new applications? What do you think, Harsh? Where are we going? Uh, like Mark said, uh, I see an ecosystem of applications, right? So if you look at fintech as an example, you're going to be using a bunch of these applications together. The big banks are partnering with fintechs to... Um, you know, for example, do things like uh, robo-investments, right? To be able to give you a budgeting application that allows you to do your personal finances and budgets. So it's always going to be an ecosystem of apps coming together to address a broader need uh, for a customer, right? And um, the new roles, like the chief, uh, um, the banks have the chief digital officer role, right? Who are actually looking at how do they use digital technologies to change the bank. The CIO in the bank is uh, trying to run the bank. The CDO in the bank is trying to change the bank, right? So these roles with, um, you know, connected ecosystems of applications coming together is going to be a really good news for consumers, right? Uh, because they have the best options possible that they could ever have uh, in several generations now. Thank you very much. Good around the table. Thank you, Mark. Uh, Chris, I'm looking at your statement number three. This looks interesting. You say, if done right, seamless integration can be a competitive differentiator. And then you go on to say, according to IDC, companies have a choice of being, this is cool, digitally determined or digitally distraught. I've never heard it put quite that way. We usually talk about leaders and laggards, but I've never heard determined or distraught. So thank you for bringing that up. Chris, why don't you take, uh, let's see, we've got about 11 minutes left to the show plenty of time to go around the table on this one go ahead chris aaron this is yours yeah i like the the idc one and to be honest with you it took me a few times to remember determined destroy it you know but um going away from the i terms to the d terms i noticed so yeah basically what the idc is talking about and it's, it's a good blog is uh you know basically taking control of your destiny right so you can see all these trends happening that Mark and Harsh have described, and you can put your head in the sand, and you can wait for your industry to be disrupted and somebody to come along and, and take over your market share, or you can be digitally determined, which is, okay, mm -hmm. this is the path, and it may be complicated, but we, we're going to map um, our way to success, right? And what are the people we need in place? What are the processes we need in place? What are the vendors we need to help us? What do our customers think, right? You, you have to be really progressive in terms of understanding where you are now and where you need to go. So think of it as the digital migrant term, right? That mm -hmm. there are these companies out there moving into this digital realm and they're gonna have to revolutionize their business. Otherwise they're gonna be in trouble, right? And there's all kinds of examples on Wall Street where companies have been disrupted. I think of, say, GE in the last 18 months, right? They had some major disruption. And every every month there's a company that's having some trouble. JC Penney, because of the retail apocalypse and the pandemic, mm -hmm. right? So you, you know this digital wave is coming. Uh, you're hearing today that APIs and integration are critical to that, that digitally determined path. 
And what are you going to do to make sure that you not only succeed, but you, you thrive in this, this, uh, this new environment? Thank you, Chris. I hope there's some optimism in there. A lot of companies are finding they are challenged because of the apocalypse in so many industries. Look at restaurants, look at travel, look at cruise lines in particular, look at anything where people have to be in movie theaters. I know that one of the major chains, I won't mention it, just sent an email that they're opening their theaters. I think 50% capacity and the tickets will be 15 cents U.S., wow. 15 cents just to get people in the door. And they've been streaming at a price, streaming movies for the past couple months. But uh, on many of my shows, we talk about the fact that companies that were digitally determined, but digitally aware, Chris, months ago, years ago, are able to do what we call pivot and, and be agile and be fluid. And, and they retooled their machinery and they retooled their, their production lines. And they came up with, well, we never did masks before, but the world needs it. We'll be a mask. We never did hand sanitizer before, but we'll change bourbon into hand sanitizer. <laughs> so we've seen companies that were not only forward thinking and had a chief integration thinker and innovation thinker, but but they were digitally available to do it. They were poised and positioned and they didn't wait. They had that foresight years ago to start their transformation, not just, OMG, we're about to go out. Okay, quick, let's get some APIs here. So there, there is got to be a lot of optimism in there. That was Chris's point. Harsh, why don't you join us? Talk, what do you think? So once you have these building blocks, you could sort of recompose your supply chains. You can recompose your business models, right? And uh, by recomposing, you can really pivot and move into a direction um, and be able to deal with all these different, um, you know, things like the pandemic that are coming up. So Gartner talks about this as composable enterprises, where once you have these building blocks, you can recompose um, in a more agile way based on how uh, the environment is shifting and also renovate on your business models. So absolutely agree with what Chris said. Thank you very much. And Mark, what do you think? Join us. Yeah, absolutely. I love that phrase, digitally determined. And it, it, what it brought to mind was um, this in the API world, there's this famous uh, email that came from uh, Jeff Bezos to the uh, Amazon organization or, um, a number of years ago. And he said, the, the way we're going to communicate between organizations and Amazon is via APIs. And that there'll be no other way to connect business units in our organization other than an API to move things together. And this was over 10 years ago, right? So early in this, uh, in this uh, you know, advent. But to me, that's what digitally determined means is leaders establishing that this is how we communicate. Mm -hmm. And now a company that got in front of that early uh, and has all of their business, their entire business, uh, be able to be consumed by APIs, the digital transformation of being able to deal with the pandemic or other things like that, you're prepared because now your entire business can be run digitally. So love that, digitally determined. I'm gonna, I'm gonna remember and use that one, Chris. I think we all are. That was uh, that was a little bit of groundbreaking there. Thank you, Chris. I'm I'm so really enjoying this conversation with the three of you. Who knew you could have a discussion about APIs and actually be smiling about it and have fun with it? That's why we're here on Game Changers Radio. Now is the time we're into the crystal ball predictions round. 
We have five minutes left till the end of the show. I need to save a minute for me to close and do gratitude and thank everybody, including Natalie Kearns, who is in the background today. And thank you for being here with us, Natalie. But she's not on the panel, but she's here with us. So let's go around the table. Mark Jeannie, I know you just were the last one to speak, but I'm putting you in the crystal ball hot seat right now. Take 60 seconds. We'd love a prediction. No politics if you must stay off the topic, which is fascinating. You could do a sports prediction if you know any teams that are actually playing. So Mark Jeannie, you're up. I'm going to leave it on gallery view so we can all see each other and, and the audience. If anybody takes a clip, you'll see us all. So Mark Genie prediction, crystal ball, 60 seconds. That's all you've got. Go. All right. Business prediction. Um, in the future, um, applications to be built by just connecting APIs together. If you, you know that phrase, there's an app for that on Apple. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, it will be an API for that. Uh, code won't have to be re- written. The only code written is to just connect APIs together, and uh, that's it. Okay. Thank you very much. APIs, live and be well and prosper. I live and (laughs) prosper. Chris, I like that. Chris Aaron. Go ahead, Chris. What do you think? Yeah, so because my last comment was maybe negative, I'm going to go really positive here. So after a forest fire, right, the fire can be really bleak, but... That's an opportunity for the forest to be reborn, right? There's more sunlight hitting the ground and you have new growth. So so my hope is that with this pandemic and with all this uh, apocalypse we're seeing in, in various industries, that this is really going to help clear the slate for a lot of businesses to take, you know, a pivot approach, like you said, Bonnie, to, to take new paths to market, to embrace digital technologies. Um, and so I'm going to be optimistic that we're going to see a, there was the V-shaped recovery, right? We're going to have the API-shaped recovery. So, I like that. The <laughs> phoenix will rise again. I love that analogy that when the forest burns down, there's more light to go to the ground. And Very interesting. Chris, you're coming up with an awful lot of words of wisdom here. <laughs> Everybody is, but I think you've got – I think you're the winner on the quotable okay, moments, although harsh is, harsh, is, harsh is one plus one is greater than infinity. I don't know. That might, that might be, be. The, the word of the – yeah, that is. So, Harsh, what's your prediction, please? Go ahead. My prediction is there would be more and more creators than consumers. Um, Everyone would be able to build apps. Uh, I predict that in two years, my mom would be able to build apps on her own. That's scary. I'm going to ask you, how old is your mom and and what does she do for a living right now? I want to, I, I'm was a she, former programmer, so I might want to start building apps too, but what does your mom do? She's never programmed her life, but it's becoming so easy that uh, more and more people could become creators. Um, my 10-year-old daughter can assemble things from scratch and build apps on her own, build her own mods in Minecraft. So it's just going to become, um, it's just going to explode. More and more people are going to be creators. Very, very interesting. Do you think there might be a day when you would say to Alexa, connect me to the the API genie, Mark, no pun intended, and she'll <laughs> and you'll say, API genie, I'd like to have an API to uh, tell my refrigerator when the milk is one day before the expiration date. And my kids are going to be annoyed because their chocolate milk won't taste as good because the milk's about to go sour. We're not and- far from that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And quick question for all of you. I have to close, but quick question for, for all of you. We'll go around quickly. Mark and Chris and Harsh. Is this a job description that we would see in, in technical schools, in colleges, in IT training programs? Or somebody that, do you want to be the next great breakthrough API developer? Okay, Bob and Mary and Jean and Joan and whoever you are around the world. And, and yeah, 
you can do it and it's going to have a starting salary of let's say six figures optimistically and you're going to be the hero in your company in your industry you're going to make a name for yourself will there be movies about api developer heroes yes or no mark mark genie yes or no yes developer heroes absolutely <laughs> chris aaron yes or no yeah i mean i just love the idea of an api developer in a movie yes yeah. <laughs> harsh yes or no yeah. absolutely yes developers are the superheroes well, after the show, the four of us are going to get together and, and write a movie script. We're just going to do it. I'm telling you, that's the next project. I have 30 seconds left. Thank you so much. I have so really, really enjoyed getting to know the three of you. Uh, you're, you're engaging and charming and funny and so damn smart, and I appreciate it. Shout out to everybody. Clap for Dana Quarter behind the scenes, Dana Quarter at SAP, who put together this panel and this topic. And thank you again to Natalie Kearns, who's with us in the background for supporting this. Thank you to Ira Burke at SAP for renewing this series as my second longest running Game Changer series. I think this is season seven and we have had an audience, a loyal and very strong audience all over the world for years and I want to say appreciation to them and thank you to Aaron Keller at, S at SAP and Voice America, our engineer extraordinaire at the Business Channel. Thank you, Aaron. We love you and here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. My car is still getting three months to the gallon. How's yours doing? What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Just like Mark Genie at Cloud Elements. Thank you, Mark. Just like Chris Aaron and Harsh Jagadeesan at SAP. Go out and have a great day. Be safe, be smart, be savvy, and we'll see you soon. Everybody wave. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Internet of Things with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best-run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. 